What's up? Welcome to Rebel FM. I'm Anthony Gallegos. Joining me is Arthur Geese. You fucking skipped it, you chicken shit bastard. It's 3.06. No. <laughs> 3.04. No. That's, what, that's James, what I said. That's what James, James literally said 3.04 and I said no. Wait, are we on episode... Three. Are we on episode 400? No. <laughs> Hold on, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Hold on, uh, guys. I, have, I, I really have hope the cure for Alzheimer's is there somewhere... It's out there. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Holy shit. Hold on. It's episode. Wow, we are in episode 400. It is 404. You said 304, James, you said 300 and you got me in the wrong (laughs) century. (laughs) I love it. Wow. I love it so much. All right. Episode 404. Um, It's 2016, apparently, in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Who else is here? Uh, Arthur Geese. James Faulkner, welcome back. Thank you. Did you find and Jeff Bezos' nudes? And, yes. And, I, I love that story so much. Uh, uh, I, found, I found them on the ground floor of uh, Medieval Times. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> and, and Matt Chandernay. Hello, it is I. I am also here this week, finally. Um, yeah, man. I exist. Well, here we all are. Yeah. It's been a while. It's good to hear your voices, even though we're not sitting in the same room. I can still see your faces. Yeah. Honestly, the people I know who listen to this show yeah. uh, have told me that when they listen to it, they cannot tell that we're not in the same room when we do the Audacity shows. Yeah. So, oh, really? Well, yeah. they probably can't tell this time, be- or the last time that we did it, and this time, because that's been since I've had my new microphone. But exactly. my audio yeah, we all have pretty decent mics now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, audio was radically worse. The Mine, uh, mine is... Shows. Mine's pretty bad. I, well, I'm using a different headset right now. I'm using a Sennheiser. <laughs> yes, take it off to look at it. The <laughs> SE. <laughs> uh, but yeah, video games, they never stop, and we're in the season where they're going to keep not stopping. I seriously just got hit with that right before the show. I like launched Steam, and I'm like, oh my god, Civilization Rise and Fall is out. I Wait, are there still out. games coming out on Steam? Well, yeah, well, a few of them. Uh, I have Metro on Steam. I so. also have Metro on Steam. <laughs> so do I. But uh, I do not. But, uh, I actually didn't even know that R- Gathering Storm was. I thought I knew it was. That's soon. what I meant. Not Rise and Fall. Gathering Storm. Yeah, I thought it was the 18th for some reason. In my head, it was the 18th the whole time, and then it was like, no, it actually launched yesterday. We're recording this on Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, I was like super surprised, pleasantly surprised, of course, because. God damn, I love that game, and I've been looking forward to that expansion ever since they announced it last year. Ruined so many Valentine's days. Um, <laughs> it uh, yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot of shit coming out. Obviously, obviously, the biggest thing that came out, I guess, since we recorded, or I guess Arthur, we both talked a little bit about Apex uh, last week. Um, yeah, I've played some Apex as well. But yes, but when we talked about it, James and Matt here. were not here. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so therefore the opinions are invalid. Well, I did. mean, neither neither Anthony or I like are super into it, honestly. 
mm-hmm. which means that what we have to say is limited by that, I think. And I, I have not come around on it more since the last time we recorded. Like I'm still How much feeling kind played? of ambivalent about it. Uh, maybe like three hours. Hmm. How many like, matches is I, that? Like maybe, I don't know. It's like six or seven, eight, six seven, seven yeah. two, maybe it's like Dota or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. um, not a lot. Yeah. I haven't played a lot either. I've played maybe, I've played maybe four to five hours. So not that many more. Matches yeah. Either. Yeah. I play, I put it in about 10 hours. I felt it was also like gone the week of launch, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, working on some other stuff. Um, but what I've played, I think I tentatively enjoy. I think I enjoy the concept right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The what I'll say up front is I have a real big problem with the time to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel I feel like it's just putting an immense amount of bullets onto people and like them not going down and just certain trades going unfairly. And I'm just not quite sure why. I don't know if it's me not being used to the guns or just unfavorable matchups because they're using higher tier armor. Um, but it's just like, I just feel like I either run out of ammo, which has been less of a problem since launch, or I just, I'm not downing people. Yeah. I, I was finding, even when I was watching a lot of like uh, pro level people playing that, uh, they would get into fights where it would seem like they would dump whole clips into people. And then both people like would be reloading. Like you'd be watching a firefight, and it'd be two people wiggling, being like, "I'm reloading, yeah. and you're reloading." So who can reload and shoot each other more? Yeah, or swap to the other gun. Yeah, it just it just or like, and this is a, this is a problem in early Destiny PvP. It requires like team shooting, which I think is uh, just less interesting to me. Or like combined fire between teammates right. to take a single right. person down. And I was like, I'm not necessarily looking for that because like. I like to play a little bit more solo and the kind of a scout mode for my team because I think I like I, I think I have a really good master over the movement mechanics, which are excellent. Um, um, but yeah, it's just like I tend to then be the first one that goes down. Mm. I hear, I hear that. Um, it's funny because I've had kind of the opposite reaction to the time to kill, and that's like one of the things that's kept me out of uh games like battle like uh you know uh pubg uh, pubg PUBG. um because i and even fortnite to a certain extent where i'm just like i'm walking around i'm walking around i've been gathering loot for 25 minutes and boom i'm dead and it's like i don't even get a chance to like see where i was getting shot from you know um so that's something that like i i immediately liked about this game is that i could pick a character uh jump in, grab some armor, grab some shields, and I could at least get hit a couple times before I was completely <laughs> destroyed and gone. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's too much at this point. I feel like if you're running up against someone who has uh, like level 3 or like even the like gold armor, and then you're running up on them with a light like SMG or anything, you can just dump like full clips into people's face. And it just, it, it doesn't matter where, and it's like even with the higher tier guns, it still requires, I think, too much ammo. That's it's like that's good. Sorry, good. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just think that like that there should be a little bit more parity between the higher tier guns and be able to take people more down quickly than like lower tier guns. If that makes sense, they're just like lining up the gun tiers with the the, the TTS. Nah, man, that, nah, man, that that absolutely was 
one of the things I was feeling too that it just was like I'm just uh you know I've I've I think armor systems in games like this like they do add another dynamic to the loop but man it it just makes it to where it's like you get into fights and it's like oh you you pretty much lost in a lot of senses it feels like because they just have such a huge advantage over you. I um, almost feel like it's uh, it's uh, total it and I I and I know you talked about some of that last week too and that that makes it like a guessing game. And that is frustrating. That's that's frustrating for me as like a non, you know, like competitive at all, even casually competitive battle royale player to like run up on somebody and not know not have any idea what their armor level or shield level is at. Um, whereas in a game like Destiny, you know, I can see their bars above their heads and I have an idea of like what I'm shooting yeah. at. I feel like the the armor thing feels more pronounced in this game than some of the other battle royales. Maybe because I feel like there's actually kind of a long time before you see you see people in a lot of matches. Um, but I also think that having armor as a system feels in a way like a missed opportunity for them to add to the loot system because I understand that you have tiers of, of armor because you need an ex- an expanded sort of loot loop in a game like this. But this is also a game based on a series of the lineage where movement options were like a major part of the game and I feel like giving people the ability to traverse the environment more agilely would be an enhanced survival and loot sort of mechanic that would they, still they, feel fair. Yeah, so I think one of the, one of the devs talked about it um, that it was basically like there were it was too unpredictable about the way that people could like flank. That makes sense in a game like uh, Titanfall that kind of has these deathmatch arenas whereas like this it, because of the world is so large that like you wouldn't people want hanging from walls and like wall all running all over the place just because it was it's a little bit more grounded. It just didn't like you ha- there's too much to think about in that in that sense where it's like a more 360 degree view. Whereas in a lot of like Titanfall maps, the way that people play is you want a bat your back to the wall. Right. Right. So and, that you only have to worry about like uh, less planes of uh, attack. And, and I um, and I get I get the reasoning for not for that I get that sort of contextualization for not having those mobility options but I don't feel like blasting somebody with a sniper rifle or a shotgun like to the head and them surviving several shots of that is any sort of more predictable than the sort of mobility stuff that they felt was game breaking and unbalanced things I feel like someone with gold armor is just as destabilizing as someone who can run up a fucking wall and land on me from behind um, and in a way, it feels like I'm being more cheated because if you get the drop on somebody and can't kill them because you just haven't had a chance to find a weapon that can penetrate that kind of armor, that just feels bad to me. Yeah. I also think there probably is room for a character like that to exist in the future. Um, or a legend. As like I, hope, using the I really hope that game gets a, a solos mode, though. Because for me, that's always been a big appeal of those games is um because everyone then everyone i know i'm fighting is on a solo footing like that and and yeah it is a little bit tough because in this game there's definitely times that i've tried to play a bit too much like PUBG, where i'll like flank and be like oh i got i'm I'm, these three guys i'm I'm, like coming up behind them no problem and then i start dumping on one and they all turn and they just obliterate me because like (laughs) james said it it is a team fire game 
Like, yes. you, you really have to coordinate your fire to take someone down. Yeah. It does make sense to me that that wouldn't be in the game's launch, because, like, so many of Apex's distinctive mechanics rely on that team element. Team like, mechanic, the re- yeah. The respawn thing in particular is like, mm-hmm. like right. such a distinctive thing for a game like this and is absolutely dependent on you being with people who could respawn you. Well, it's just right in the beginning, right? When you jump out of the plane that's going over the island, you have somebody who is the jump master and you can break off if you want to, but the other two people in your squad can literally like not touch a mouse and not touch a keyboard and you all drop and the jump master is controlling all three of you in a formation to land at the same time in the same location, which is kind of an awesome and to me like really groovy innovation that encourages exactly that. That Well, it, it just adds on to the idea that you should be moving and acting together, like you just said. Yeah, I'm of like two minds about a lot of their usability things. Like, I think it's like, it's good, I guess, because it can onboard people uh, mm-hmm. easier and make it so it's a lot easier for people to approach. But it also, I I think it's Apex has its skill ceilings in a lot of other places, you know, because it's so much more like a Call of Duty game. But like, there was something really satisfying about that sort of like depth of knowledge that I'm sure people feel in Dota too, where it's like uh, when I play Battlegrounds and I hear someone shoot a gun, I know that that is a car 98 silenced because I've just taken the time to learn those things, right? I don't have a... If I have someone shoots me, I have to know the direction they're shooting me from based on the audio and based on where key positions would be rather than a damage indicator. You know, if we want to coordinate a drop, we actually have to sit there and coordinate it. So it's like mm-hmm. those usability things are cool, but they also take away from a bit of like the team cohesion, cool tactical strategy in a way. It's like... Yeah, like, I don't know. This don't know. this is, I think, something closer. It's uh, it's two things. So, like, it, for from PUBG, I, yeah, you have Apex. Where I think it's like Dota, you have like something like Vainglory or anything like that. It, I think like is the closer comparison, right? Because um, like you have the like the contextual pings and everything, but just like reducing it. Like they've just reduced a lot. Like there's a lot of just like, hey, all all those contextual knowledge we made into UI elements, or strip them out completely. That, no, that, that's that, a that, good way. Yeah, you've summed yeah. up how I feel about it. In a lot of ways, um, and that's not necessarily to say that it's like, I don't know. Like a lot of people enjoy it. It's just I I find that it's kind of made me miss some of the stuff I used to enjoy in Battlegrounds. I did yeah. see people reinstall Battlegrounds after playing this like and then they've gone back and played some more apex but it has like i don't think that you're alone in missing that sort of slightly more nuanced experience like something that's a little in some ways simpler but also more demanding yeah there's there's things that like i definitely would never miss you know even if i was a more active PUBG player and i played very few matches of PUBG, so my opinion on that game is just not worth even the I mean, air I'm speaking right now. But when it comes to stuff, especially, you know, when you're talking about usability stuff, when it comes to things like weapon attachments and ammo Yes, those should go on automatically. Yeah, I just want even everything to go on automatically. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to have to think about it. I think this game is a masterclass in just usability of, of UI systems. Yeah. Um, it's really of good. Like, and I think yeah, it's like, probably the best one on console because, like, you know, like on console especially, people probably don't talk, and this game has greatly reduced the need yeah. to actually speak 
Yes. Yeah, contextual <laughs> contextual pings is like holy shit. It's it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um, unbelievable. It's it's the kind of thing that makes you realize that like why the fuck did Battlefield ever get rid of spotting? But but even Arthur just <laughs> made a face. Uh, I mean, even, even it's with- a valid question. I don't have a good answer for it other than it was a mistake and Battlefield 5 sold like shit. So. <laughs> right. God damn. James, go on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say like that ping the the contextual ping system has there are moments where I think that it won't do what I want it to do. And it still does it. Where I'm like, oh, I, 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 I maybe mouse over the wrong thing or like click the 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 button at the wrong time, and it's still pretty much just like, oh no, it's like you're trying to, you're trying to aim through these two like uh, pillars to like <laughs> hit the area beyond and like say like, hey, there's maybe a group over there where we should go mm-hmm. loot over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of like pinging the wall that you're looking through, it actually pings yeah. the thing your your uh, your mouse pointer is on or your head up display yeah. is on. I wonder how the monetization is going. Like, what kind of success they're finding with that? I yeah, think they're to waiting. To, I think it's a wait and see for once they roll out their season pass, battle pass, battle yeah. pass. Mm. Like the other stuff, I think was all just placeholder stuff, and then the battle pass, and the, it'll be the battle pass, and it'll be selling actual characters. Mm-hmm. I think will be their primary. I think to that to me seems like a mistake. Like, to I think wait. you pick I, one. Or maybe I'm you wrong. Sell maybe they battle passes. Sell well, no, they already do sell characters. So yeah, yeah. You, I, well, you can unlock the characters fairly Pretty, quickly. Yeah, I, I already had enough currency. Yeah, I only had enough. I had enough currency within my first six hours to unlock the, the the one of the characters. Which is better than something like Street Fighter Five, which also played with this shit, where you needed it was literally impossible to earn enough credits like to unlock more yeah. than a character. It was like a tease. Yeah, Street Fighter Five was also a paid game. Yeah, this also feels a lot more like Siege as far as the character unlock pace. But, um, um, but like I don't, I think that trying to to sort of like get people coming and going by like charging both for characters and for the battle pass strikes me as something that once it's in place is going to rub people the wrong way. Like, I don't, I don't think so. I think. It's it's it seems like in exactly in line, especially because they can give you like um, basically within the battle pass. I don't know I don't know how it's functioning, but like, there are enough of the other currencies that you can then earn, earn skins and everything, plus whatever like exclusive skins are in the battle pass. I think is like a perfect way for them to do that. Well, the thing um, that makes me think that you know um, that makes me think a little bit more like Arthur is the fact that this is uh, an EA game. And uh, the people out there, there's like an entire community of people that are ready to jump on EA and shit all over them for any sort of monetization schemes. I think that Respawn is is largely skirting around that. I think that there's Mm. people that want to exercise goodwill towards Respawn. I just think that any game with as overwhelming a honeymoon as this game has had, with as many players as it has, is going to run into backlash sooner rather than later. Like that is disproportionate to the level of fuck up that they make. And I I think that as soon as they start introducing heroes that they're charging for, uh, new heroes in a game like this inevitably introduce balance problems, whether they're paid or not. Yeah. But I think that the fan reaction to new heroes that you have to pay to unlock 
being overpowered is disproportionately higher in the negatives than it is if it's just a free thing that everybody can play that fucks well, yeah. up the game balance. Yeah, because then the narrative, right, the, the narrative becomes like, oh, Eagis or Respawn or whatever. Eagis wants us to buy these characters, it will so be they a. made them it the more powerful. It won't be Respawn. It will all be EA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, I mean, I don't think that that's true. They're these characters because they're more powerful than the others. And so, like, it won't just be like, oh, the balance just needs to be tweaked. It'll, the, it'll result in a conspiracy theory of, like, people directly accusing them of, like, going for pay to win. Um, I just think that like even Dota, I think has the sort of best track record as far as like people not feeling like they're being cheated. But every time there's an arcana for a hero, there are often, in my opinion, valid accusations that like the hero that gets the $40 skin suddenly becomes way unbalanced Mm. and it stays that way for much longer than it seems like it should. Mm. Or the accusations persist that those heroes are broken for longer than they should be. And so I think that when there's nothing else that's being charged for, it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone else can pick that hero Mm -hmm. and deny the other team of their use. But once you are charging to unlock heroes that are are inevitably going to be unbalanced, that 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 primes the pump for something more negative to happen, especially as you have more and more ways that feel required to pay for in a free-to-play game. Yeah. With all that being said, there is a game that already relies heavily on this model and is highly successful. Uh, I mean, which game are you referring to? Because there's more than one. League of Legends. Right, but League of Legends is League of Legends. I feel like League of there League of Legends does shit that nobody else can do. I, I I don't think that's true anymore. I think I think this is a perfect example that like. They they have the sim- pretty much the same exact business model. I I think I'll be curious to see how the I mean, well I think everyone's curious to see how this game does. I think there's a yeah. lot of people very curiously watching this thing. But hey, it's an EA game and it came out in 2019 with loot boxes and people didn't hate it. So <laughs> they're doing something right. Like like they didn't immediately write it off. So that's that's. <laughs> Well, and it's like, yeah, it's at least like tw- it it's it's have... not just like a small success. It's twenty five yeah. million players. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that 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 the or try and be like, oh, the Fortnite people must be scared. But I don't think they. I don't. I don't no. think they're scared at all. No, they're not. Scared. So, <laughs> like that game, like twenty five million. I bet you makes up like uh, maybe five percent of the total people that have Fortnite. Oh, I would no, no. I I I think it's a much higher percentage than that. You think um, so? Yes. Hmm. No, I, I don't think that there are 500 million people playing Fortnite. I thought there was downloads, unique downloads across all their things, mostly because of phones. But I don't think there are 500 million people playing Fortnite. Oh, I don't. Think I think that, like, I, I, I think it was 50 million. Epic could build a Death Star with that much money, <laughs> like. Epic could build two Death Stars. And well, maybe no, because plenty of people like I've downloaded Fortnite four different platforms, but I've never monetized. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that Epic is concerned because Epic also owns the means of production. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad that Respawn has a success. I, I hope yeah, that that. Too gains them some traction i mean i say that i hope it gains them some leverage with ea but like we talked about a little bit on the show last week which is that like the interview process 
for this game revealed that EA are not the ones that screwed over Respawn with Titanfall 2. Like, there's essentially, like, an admit an admission by Vince Zampella that Respawn decided when Titanfall 2 would come out. So, like, uh, it's not like EA has fucked Respawn. EA saved Respawn. So, you know, I, I don't... I understand why people are annoyed at EA right now. I'm annoyed at EA right now, but... But, like... Respawn has always had like a, a remarkable amount of carte blanche to do what they're doing. Um, what do you? What's your beef with EA? Uh, <laughs> they haven't put out a good game in like eighteen months. All right, that's legitimate beef. I thought I was like, I was like, what are you about to tell me? No, like I, I think that they're running all of their shit into the ground. Like they're making terrible decisions. They're liquidating teams they're leaving people in charge of studios where morale is going absolutely fucking batshit in a bad way um i think that they are forcing a fundamental changes in philosophy on studios that found success by doing things distinctively like anthem being a sort of quintessential example of that um i just think that there is a real lack of vision or effective leadership at EA and they're getting the shit kicked out of them right now for it. And if Anthem does terribly, I don't under, I don't see how Patrick Soderlund stays in charge of that, that place 12 months from now. Yeah. I think I, I played some of that beta a while back and man, I am not a fan of how that game plays. <laughs> that being said, that Neil Blomkamp video is actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was, that was great. It was good. It, it was uh, actually, it's pretty cool. Like, I was like, you know, I actually, it, like, it is really cool, but I'm like, man, the production budget of that must, like, I was talking to I someone about, Met- about Metro, and they were like, man, Metro must have to sell so much. And I was like, well, where, the, where they made that game is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that that Neil Blomkamp video would be, like, half of your produ- full studio production budget. Oh, for- God. Like, think about, like, the like how many scenes how many different scenes are in that trailer and uh this is what we're talking about is a thing that was just posted on youtube today which uh initially just got listed as like uh it did it wasn't listed as a trailer but now it's listed as a trailer for the anthem game because i guess uh people were confused about what it actually was people thought it was like a trailer for an anthem movie or something because that's what it looks like it's live action uh plus cgi and uh yeah it it's like full like triple a hollywood budget level of production through most of it some of the stuff you can tell where they you know like we're saving their pennies but um just looking at like the sheer number of scenes that were in it and like how complex those scenes were with like costuming and wardrobe and uh actors and like full-on sets and like all kinds of stuff like i'm just looking at i'm like Man, somebody spent a lot of money on that five seconds right there because that, I mean, that five seconds like wasn't used anywhere else in the trailer. That doesn't strike me as unusual because Microsoft has been doing that with most of their big games for years. Like, Yeah, didn't Neil Blomkamp do... Like, Neil Blomkamp Halo? did uh, yeah. Halo 3 videos. Yeah. To me, I was just like, as I saw that, though, I was like... Part of me was like, how much more money does this game now have to make to make <laughs> yeah. up for that, though? Like, it's actually, it's really not that much out of the advertising budget. Because you figure if it's, like, that shoot for a three-minute video, like, you're looking at maybe, I don't know, seven to ten million. Like, 
at the t- at the top end. Like Neil Blomkamp is supposedly known for going pretty cheap with his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, whole, the whole point of Oats was to like do stuff cheaply and like quickly. Yeah, and he's got like ro- a relationship with Weta if he needs to do things practically. Um, and you, ca- I mean, the production budget for Anthem has got to be close to two or three hundred million dollars, if not higher. Like it could easily be four or five hundred million at for how long that game was in development and the size of EA and what's and the how many contractors. And what's the marketing, the marketing budget, budget for, for that? I man, like fifty for like similar games that want to spend, you know, like that, like is basically a one of the one or two titles that a publisher like EA will put all of their effort behind in the course of a year. I mean, at this time of year, it's less than it is in the fall. But I'd say like it would be not difficult to imagine a fifteen to thirty million dollar marketing budget for that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably off on the low end. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> but that's probably yeah. a low number. Um, like, but again, like, like you said, maybe it's part of the time of the year. Like you can't release a movie in wide release at this point without spending at least $35 million on advertising. So I, I don't know where games are right now. Yeah. Like I And I, I haven't seen any Anthem advertising, but I don't watch channels that they'd be advertising on very often. There's not yeah. a lot of Anthem ads on HGTV. Right. <laughs> on MSNBC. Mostly I see ads for catheters, but um The Catheter Cowboy. I have not yeah. seen the Catheter Cowboy because Trump doesn't watch MSNBC. But, <laughs> uh but I mean I assume that there's lots of anthem ads because EA's gotta compete with every other game that's coming out right now. Yeah. Um but no, I I would expect that that video is actually a fraction of Anthem's advertising budget. So uh, the other game that I have been playing, and I don't know why I did this. I like, I like, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Starting. I bought Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> uh, why, 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 uh, <laughs> why, why are you upset at yourself about buying that game? Because I don't, I haven't played like the previous games. <laughs> it's got a pretty involved previously on, doesn't it? <laughs> Not. <laughs> Kinda. It's like, okay, well, uh, Arthur, Anthony, <laughs> yes. Matt. Yeah. It has really weird things where it wants to explain to you in really poor dialogue. Wait, are you saying there's what an happened? excess of exposition in something made by a Japanese studio? <laughs> yeah. So every single every single time, like that, someone's addressed. Not every single time. A lot of the time, when someone else is addressing a group, of people they'll go, "Well, Donald." Sora, Goofy, will you help me with this thing? And it's not even like so. It's like children's TV cadence. Yes, yeah. but like, yeah. but it's like there were, they had no audio audio editor because like sometimes it, like a line will get cut off like right where like you like like you had some like vocal inflection that they were like drawing out, but someone like chopped off the audio yep. too quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it, instead it, of re-recording it, the line, somebody just edited it. I mean, this doesn't surprise me based on the trailers they showed for that game, where it would be like blasting music, and then there'd be like a person talking with obviously no background audio, Sora, but with no other audio. Like those, go back and watch mm-hmm. those trailers; they're fucking so weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because so, it's the kind of thing that like people who play this game don't care about. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, okay, so, so here, here's the thing. So it also feels like, uh certain parts of it were okay mm-hmm. because like uh, some mm-hmm. of the Pixar stuff so I'm like doing 
the Toy Story world right now. And some of the dialogue in there seems totally fine. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but then, then like you'll go on to like later parts of that, and it just feels like that stunted, bad dialogue, and it's just painful. Also, there's so many fucking cutscenes. Everyone talks about like Kojima cutscene uh, games having way too many cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is literally like walk walk 10 feet cutscene for three minutes <laughs> so fight one group of enemy another five minute cutscene right. so okay, like you are not fantasy. stunning anybody saying that there are a lot of cutscene <laughs> yeah. in kingdom hearts 3 it's like yeah uh-huh. yeah i is it surprising like are you surprised by these things i, I just no but like literally the amount because i thought it was like oh okay like there's a lot of cutscenes but not this much not like I spent the majority of, like, the eight hours uh, that I have clocked, like, watching cutscenes and probably, like, four of it actually playing the game. Are you in... So, whether or not you're enjoying the cutscenes, are you enjoying the actual game when you get to play it? Uh, No. (laughs) No? (laughs) Like, I've kept going... I've kept going because, like, I find... Like, the stuff that they're doing with the Pixar stuff, but, uh, like, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, the combat itself is really mashy and not great. And they use... I, th- I think this is probably in similar games, and I've only played, like, the intro to those games. So they kind of do something that, like, Nier Automata did with... You have, like, a limited amount of points, and you have to, like, have skills that you can take in and out that can do different things and maybe, like, add on to different combos. Right. But... Right. But... In the end, I can just literally smash X, and it will like auto target shit, and I will fly up in the air and, and kill stuff. Um, and then they're like, it will go on, and they'll you'll get like to do some of like the pirate ship ride, and that's like a special attack that lasts a little bit of time, or uh, bumper cars, or uh, you can summon like Wreck It Ralph to like do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and they're all kind of like little mini games within that, but it's just. It's not actually interesting. It's not an actually interesting combat mm. system. Mm. Um, yeah, it's funny because well. it reminds me of like you know when I used to play Final Fantasy games and I would do the big old summons. I used to love watching them when I was younger because I was like, yeah, look at all that badass shit happening. And but now you got I shit to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess I guess I just want something more involved than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that being said, we we have to come back to like not understanding the story. They have some recap stuff, and they go. They explain a lot of it um, in the cutscenes of like again. That's why there's so many of them is they spend a lot of time like kind of recapping and like being like, oh, Xenohort and Xenohort were the same person, and they are combined, and then their heart split, and then they lost their memory, and everyone loses their memory because that's what happens in Kingdom Hearts. Because <laughs> that's what happens in Japanese RPGs. No, no like specifically in Kingdom Hearts, life. like it like it happens to characters multiple times. Oh God, yeah. So it's the uh, it's the universal Japanese RPG affliction applied over applied multiple times within one over game. like a, uh, over like a game series. Yes. Right. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for the five of you that wanted our opinion on Kingdom Hearts, there you go. (laughs) I've been watching it. It doesn't look terrible. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. They nailed the aesthetic. Like, yes. and, yeah. like, like when you see the things that are like reminiscent of Disney rides, like the teacup things and stuff, yeah. and they're all done in like the old light light parade look. Yes. you're like, oh, yeah. this is all really cool looking. But no, looking, the, but. It, it all looks great, and like, um, 
again, like I was in the Toy Story world, and so they render uh, Donald, Goofy, and Sora as like these like kind of uh, video game figure characters. Like they 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 look different than all the Toy Story toys because they're fr- like from a video game. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and when you're in the Monsters Inc. world, they turn Goofy and Donald into monsters that look like they yeah. fit. In the they Monsters actually turn Sora into a fucking furry, if we're being honest. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just like there's some there's some cool stuff, um, like aesthetically, and but I just again I wish the dialogue was better because that would make it so much more tolerable to me. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing where like I would. Honestly, the way that people have talked about Kingdom Hearts games, and I never played one, I just assumed that the writing and dialogue delivery was amazing. Um, it probably was when they were in high school. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> or younger. Yeah. Or younger even, be. yeah. So uh, do, you, do you have any uh, Kingdom Hearts fans that are friends of yours, James, that you're like talking about with this at work or anything? No. No. <laughs> I mean, you have friends that are into Kingdom Hearts, but you're apparently not I do. talking to them about it. No, I, I, I wanted I wanted to form my own opinions and not have like a defense force for it. I just wanted to be no. like that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're on the right podcast if you didn't want that. East slash sleepstickgame.com. Look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't like sorry. the game. Like, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever like suggested that you shouldn't like Kingdom Hearts. I just like no. could not be less interested in the game. Yeah, not um, unless your I name is Far Cry New Dawn. Unless your name is Far Cry New Dawn. That's out yeah. tomorrow too. Fuck, I'm not gonna play that. Anyway, yeah. So it's just it's been an interesting experiment in honestly these last two months of like that and like red dead I'm it's good to like, challenge your preconceptions yeah because I, I i like i like that style of game mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. i like the idea of a like action rpg with kind of an open world and uh like cool characters and everything but it just it it's not hitting for me i also don't have that disney nostalgia that everyone else has yeah that's yeah. a big part of it yeah me either um I, I I like Disney movies. I just I'm not a, a fanatic. Right. For right. I like I haven't been to Disneyland since I was in my early teens. Yeah. See, that shit is why I was actually like, would my would my wife like this? She loves Disneyland, but I <laughs> then I see all the stuff that's like super Japanese RPG, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. She'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, like, uh, all the, like the Final Fantasy stuff doesn't really exist in this game, from what I've heard. Like they, they, like I think the director of the game said, like, oh yeah, we wrapped up all the storylines, so it's pretty much just all Disney stuff. Oh wow! Oh, and cons- wow. considering the amount they've added because of all the the Pixar mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean, like, so there's just I no room for the Square stuff. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's like cloud, cloud, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, and then I got the new, this thing, we, I think it's, we probably talked about in the beginning, but I got a, this, like, uh, combination digital mixer, amp, and, like, uh, soundboard. Like um, an actual piece of hardware, not like a program running yeah, your desktop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, ha- <laughs> it has, it has, a like, an XR input and everything. It's mainly targeted at streamers, um, mm-hmm. but it can do cool stuff because it's connected to your PC via USB. It when it when you install the software, it out, it has 
if you look in like your recording and playback devices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like additional inputs, which allows you to go into their software and do like uh, routing for everything. So like, I could send my uh, all change what gets sent to my stream, my stream output, change what gets sent to my headphones, um, change what inputs of like game, you your uh, Discord audio, my microphone. And music gets sent to like the samplers where it records samples. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's like a multi. It's a multi-input-output audio production device. Yeah, and, and it has a. It's a preamp as well, nice. so, so you can actually so, use condenser microphones. It sounds like it. a toy. It sounds like it. I mean, and I don't mean that. In the, I mean, it's obviously professional quality, but I mean for you, it really has been something you get to play with, right? Oh, sorry, you cut, cut out a little bit. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's just something that I wanted to mess with, like like an audio device. Like I wanted an interface that wasn't like a standard. Um, I just didn't, I didn't need an XLR board, right? Or like yeah. a mix or an XLR mixer, and so this was like a little bit more interesting where I could fuss around with a bit more. That being said, I think the software needs a little bit more development, and it supposedly handles um, all the like uh, all like the the, like the, it doesn't hit our, my CPU. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it takes a little bit of CPU overhead to run a driver, right? Like, to interface with it, but like the audio processing itself, that's all actually like pretty resource intensive on CPUs. So, but the, so but the point was that, that it's supposed to be on the device, right, and not hitting yeah. the CPU. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I I can't say that for sure. Uh, like I haven't been specifically running tests, but. Uh, other than that, it's cool. It, it's uh, it's well made. Like that's the thing. Like it, uh, all the actual uh, like channels are, are like motorized and everything. So if I hit mute, like oh, it cool. actually like moves all the sliders up right. and down. Oh, that's right. And you can modify oh, m- modify it all in the software. So it's it's just a really cool, interesting device. So you, you don't actually uh, you're not actually able to share some of it on stream for the audience, are you? No, not please, God, <laughs> not not no no no. Because the way I have it routed right now, you guys are just getting my chat mic, I think, uh-huh. and then uh, I would have to change, like, stop recording and change that over to my uh, system audio, uh, and then remove Discord from the system audio. <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want you to insert Arthur's voice where it doesn't belong. Yes. In the middle of I think people would argue that it's already doing <laughs> that in many ways. <laughs> it already <so>. happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, that thing is called Go XLR. It's made by um, oh, is it made by? I think it's by made by the Behringer people. Um, XLR. Anyway, groovy man. Well, have fun with that. Yeah. I look forward to having fun uh, vicariously through you on uh, while playing video games together. Arthur, tell me about Crackdown. Oh, please. Uh, yes. Well, it's Crackdown. <laughs> so that's good. I don't, I like I saw like some some uh, like talk about it this morning and like how it had mixed reviews sort of all over the places, which wasn't terribly surprising to me because I feel like that the writing was kind of on the wall after the last preview cycle, which is pretty recent. Um but uh I don't I wouldn't say it pisses me off because people can say what they want to say. And I, and I like, I don't blame people for not liking the game. Um, I think what 
frustrates me is what frustrated me as a reviews editor when people want a game to be something that it's not. And by that, I don't mean like good or bad because we all want the games we play to be good, and right, that's but, fun. But why? Why isn't Dynasty Warriors a deep a deep RPG with a yeah, rich like, story? <laughs> Why doesn't Dynasty Warriors 6 play like Dark Souls, for example? Or where's Fortnite's campaign? Uh, You know, I, like... Crackdown 3 was never going to be Watch Dogs. Mm -hmm. It was never going to be Grand Theft Auto 5. It was never going to be fucking Red Dead. It was (laughs) never going to have a story like The Last of Us. It was never going to do any of these things. Like, it was never going to be Skyrim or Fallout. And I feel like there's open world comparisons and conversations being made comparing Crackdown to these other things. And it's just like, it was never going to be that. Mm -hmm. It was never supposed to be that. Like, Mm -hmm. it never wanted to be Spider-Man or fucking (laughs) Infamous. Like, there was no desire to be these things. And, like, I don't understand why people are complaining that it's not those things. Like Mm. those things are those things. And this is not that. And it was never intended to be that. So how Um, much of it is, you know, the legacy of say crackdown one, which is the favorite crackdown. No, I, I don't even think it's the legacy of crackdown one, because I think that if you are explicitly comparing it to crackdown one, it it does literally everything that the first crackdown did better. Like, there is no way in which Crackdown 3's campaign is not better than Crackdown 1. Mm -hmm. And I say this having recently played Crackdown 1. (laughs) In 4K, no less. Like, I also see people saying, oh, well, it just looks like the original Crackdown. Like, shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. and go play Crackdown, because this game (laughs) does not look like that game. Yeah. Um, And I just, like, the needlessly reductive sort of commentary kind of drives me up a wall. Um, Yeah, of course. And like, I mean, I watched you play it for a while at your house. Yeah, and I came away being like, I think I'm gonna buy Crackdown. That's kind of how I felt about it. So I think the the number one thing that I need to tell people who are interested in Crackdown, um, who know that they're interested in Crackdown, who like liked the first Crackdown, mm-hmm. want a game that feels like a successor to that, I finished the campaign in Crackdown three in six hours. Hmm. And I took out every crime boss. Like, I did all of those, like, main missions. I don't have 100% map completion, but I'm I'm pretty far along. And that took me six hours. I I don't know that I will ever touch the multiplayer. Like, six hours is what it took me to play through Crackdown. And I think that that is... That is... I think that's normal for, like, a normal action game. I, I think that, like, it is important for you to know going into this game that it is short. In that regard, that's short compared to the first crackdown, even. But I don't actually think it is that much shorter than the first crackdown. Part of it is because I didn't die very often, <laughs> uh-huh. and also there are certain quality of life improvements that mean that you don't have to trial and error your way through something the way you did in the original crackdown. Like, hmm. um, for example. If you played the first one, you probably remember there were certain buildings that you tried to get on top of. Yep. Or, like, missions you tried to go all the way up to somewhere on, like, and if you died, you had to basically start the whole thing over. Yeah. Or, like, if you didn't make a jump, you'd fall all the way to the ground. And if you didn't die, like, you'd have to try to climb your way all the way, all the way back up. 
Right. Um, first of all, in missions, especially like extended boss sequences, the checkpointing system in Crackdown 3 is extremely generous. Um, you're not going to lose a lot of time dying. That's that positive way. for me. Um, and during the very tall uh, sort of vertical traversal sections and puzzles, if you fall more than a certain point, if you hold down up on the D-pad, you'll reset back up to close to where you fell from. So Interesting, yeah. Huh. That automatically like lops off a good like 90 minutes yeah. to two hours yeah, of play Yeah, easily. No, I totally remember crackdown. in Crackdown 1 like trying to get up on buildings that I definitely didn't have enough agility orbs to um, be able to make and I would still try over and over again to do, get up there and like you said fall all the way down to the street when I didn't so in that regard it like failed. it's cutting it's like that's a couple of hours of crackdown that aren't there but that's like a shitty part of crackdown that's right. not there right. um, James you know you're muted right Okay, just a <laughs> I saw the big mute button. I'm like, I think that's on purpose. James really doesn't care about crackdown. Um, so not really. So, not really. Not really. <laughs> uh, he's playing with a soundboard. Um, so that like it cuts out a couple of the shitty hours of crackdown right there. Second of all, like it's never unclear where you can go to advance things. Like it's always obvious exactly where you need to go to keep things moving. And that is another thing that the original crackdown sucked at. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was poorly signposted. And that is something that crackdown three is just like, Nope, this is where you can go to do this thing. Um, This is how you undermine this gang boss to get to this gang boss, to get to this gang boss. Like it's just, these all sound like good things. Um, And I will. It's it's kind of undermined by a first twenty or thirty minutes that's exceedingly handholdy and super heavy on the tutorials, and that was frustrating to me. That's something that the original Crackdown didn't do for very long, but it's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are cutscenes, like a fair amount of cutscenes, like not super long, but there is like much more of a sort of story basis for what you're doing in this game, and characters that you're interacting with, like the the head of the agency is in there, but there's also another character that you interact with. And I won't go into it. Cause I like, I'll let you figure it out for yourself if you play it. But, um, there's much more of a back and forth, uh, of viewpoints and competing interests that are present in the game. Um, also you can change your appearance basically whenever you want. And like, hmm. there's a conceit for finding new agents to pick and different agents have different bonuses. So do you think then if it's a shorter game in terms of like the amount of time that you spend doing necessarily the quote campaign, do you think then the play, the replayability comes from the fact that, you know, they intend for you to like check out this agent versus this agent? No, because like there's no penalty for switching agents. Like you just do it. Oh, I see. Um, I think that theoretically you would continue to find all the orbs Mm -hmm. um, and try to level all your shit up. And I think that that is... I think that the orb gameplay is spot on. Like, <laughs> guess what? That's there are a, that, there that's are orbs, an part of <laughs> yeah. and it's fun to get them. Um, there's How do they sound? They sound great. Not only do they sound great, but Crackdown is another game is another recent game to support Atmos positional audio, mm. which means that if you have an Atmos setup, you can hear when orbs are above you. <laughs> which awesome. is fucking game changer <laughs> yeah, especially 
So not only do agility orbs make a sound that you can hear, which is important, uh, the secret orbs also make a sound that's slightly harder to discern, but once you know it, like you can start looking for it um, and sort of like understand that it's there and find it. How many um, are there this time around? There are a lot of fucking hidden orbs <laughs> there in the was, game. Uh, like, I think I've only found a, a very small fraction. There were, because uh, in Crackdown, Crackdown 1 was one of the first games one of the few games actually that I've ever that I ever achieved achievement hunted in and wow. and I got every single orb in that game and there's like 250 agility orbs or something oh there are so many more in this game <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> let me, I'm looking at achievements right now that sounds um, like good times to me I'm down let for me all see. that do, the other do, thing do, that I'm do, super do. curious about that I loved in the first one um that I Sure, they must have had the second one, but I didn't play the second enough to really remember it, I think, was the vehicles and the transforming vehicles. Um, is there a lot of vehicular stuff in this one? Yeah, so Crackdown 2 took out the transforming vehicles, which is bullshit. That's right, it did. Okay, that's why I didn't um, That was like why That was the only reason to really upgrade your vehicles. I Seriously. Know, it was, it was so that cool. it was fucking incredible to see them get um, swole. Uh, so yeah, exactly. this there is one agency vehicle hmm. and as you level up your driving skill it gains the ability to transform into new things I see. and those new things as you level up your driving gain the ability to do new things oh okay including like jumping yeah and can you transform like, or driving up yes yes you can also oh. you can summon an agency vehicle hmm. uh, by holding down on the up but on oh, the cool. up uh, button yeah. um so that's good i honestly i didn't drive around much because why the fuck would you drive in this game when you can jump <laughs> from place to place um <laughs> it's true <laughs> jumping in agility is is a more nuanced thing in this game like because for one thing this game controls about a million times better than the original crackdown mm. did mm. um this might actually be the best most responsibly controlling unreal engine 4 game i've ever played Really? Um, oh wow! Like I, I tweeted at John Linneman, uh, who's Dark One X, a digital foundry, uh, mm-hmm. and I asked him about it. Like I said that my impression was that the game actually controlled really, really surprisingly well, and he agreed that he was surprised by how well the game controlled. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it, it controls much more fluidly. There's all the bullshit after touch in the air. Like you can control yourself when you're in the air, so you can like jump up move around a corner and land on the other side of it if you want to like as as it should be as it should be it's like it's mario physics basically right like uh but also as you gain agility you run faster and you jump higher but also you unlock a second jump uh an air dash a second air dash a second double jump and i think the final agility upgrade is a jetpack Dude. But it's not like a fly around forever jetpack so much as it's a hover jetpack. Mm-hmm. Um, but you double jump by tapping the jump button again and you dash by clicking in the stick. And so suddenly it becomes like a much more sophisticated way of navigating the environment. Wow. Um, Dude, I'm, and I'm loving all the things that you just said. Feels good to me. Yeah. Um, I think that the camera's not amazing but it doesn't really matter because on normal it takes an enormous amount of punishment for you to die mm. which isn't to say that i didn't die mm-hmm. i did a couple of times and it felt like bullshit to be totally honest a couple of times <laughs> i did die but uh-huh. you, it's but it is 
I, I think that it, it's it's a pretty forgiving game. Like it's just not about that. It's not about being challenged that way. It's about like finding your way around the world and doing what you want to do in a way that makes sense to you. Um, it has co-op, right? It does have co-op. That's great. It has co-op and it has competitive multiplayer, which is where all the destruction is. Um, uh, there's okay. no there's no geometry destruction in the campaign. Interesting. Um, which has been like that's essentially been messaged for years now. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of announced back in 2017, I think. Yeah. Um, if not earlier, mm. I had but there's no destruction. No, but yeah. Uh, and honestly playing the game, I don't understand how destruction would fit into that campaign because it feels like a very specifically designed world. That's very much about verticality. Like it is a significantly taller game than the first game was. Oh, wow. Um, like much, much taller, uh, yeah. other traversal things like, as your agility goes up, something your agent will do is you're like trying to climb up the side of buildings is if you jump up and hold forward against the side of a building, they'll sort of like run up a little bit. Oh, cool. Um, and the higher your agility, no, um, the higher your agility, the farther they'll run up. Oh, okay. Um, so you may not even need to double jump to make a second platform. Like they might just run up far enough to grab the next ledge. Yeah. Um, also they, sort of like grip a wall and drag themselves down it to slow down their descent against a wall, which allows you another chance to sort of find a handhold. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just much more forgiving and intuitive that way. Like the game isn't going to punish you for fucking up the way the original crackdown punished you for fucking up. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is good because again, it is a much taller world with right. much higher buildings. Right. Um, and you will not gain access to the tallest building in the game until the very end. <laughs> right, which is also what I would expect. Um, but it's, you know, I I like the way it looks. I like the visual style. It it looks pretty fucking good on Xbox One X, and the HDR is fucking great. Mm. Um, nice. I think, again, I've heard people der- derisively compare it to the original Crackdown, and that is your brain your brain playing tricks on you about what the original crackdown looked like because it did not look like this game mm-hmm. um well i think part of the brilliance of the and people said it at the time part of the brilliance of the original crackdown was its cell cell shaded art design sort of gave it a timelessness which i think is easily translated in the brain as to something that is more uh robust than maybe it actually is upon review but inconveniently, Microsoft released a 4K patch to that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can see what Crackdown looks like at 4K, uh-huh. and it does not fucking look like this game. <laughs> um, I think it's got more personality than the original Crackdown had. Wow, the first like, one had more, a lot. I feel like it was kind of incidental in the first game. I think mm-hmm. that it's more more deliberate in this one. Like they found like, the like they found the incidental personality elements from the first game and made them intentional in this one. Yeah. Also, the villains in this feel more like villains, and there's more of a story there. Mostly, like a lot of it's found in sort of voice recordings, which whatever. Yeah. Um, but there is like a, a sort of hierarchy of villains and something going on, and it's heavily teases either DLC or a sequel at the end. Um, <laughs> Probably DLC. I mean, who knows. I don't, who knows what Microsoft does. I don't know what like Microsoft's standard for success with a game is anymore with game <laughs> pass. Um, so I, I'm really not sure. Um, yeah, I guess it but, does uh, change the equation. 
if you did not like the original Crackdown, there is absolutely no reason why you should play this game. Mm. Like, flat out. I'm not saying that dismissively of, like, how dare you not get Crackdown, because there are plenty of people who played the original Crackdown who didn't really like it. None of them Um, are my friends anymore. That's true. Be that as it may. Um, (laughs) So, like, that should make your life easy, because you know not to play this game. And also, why the fuck would you review this game if you didn't like the first one? Um, <laughs> I uh, that sounds like something that has happened. I and that's not actually fair because I think that there are good reasons to like for someone who didn't like a game, a game's previous iteration, to review another one because like there are people who are going to be interested. Sure, but I think in this case, like this is one of those games where it's like a Dynasty Warriors thing. Like if you didn't like the last Dynasty Warriors game, I don't know why you would like the next Dynasty Warriors game. <laughs> Seriously. Because Seriously. they put Link in it. Okay. Like, do we want fucking Metroid and Crackdown? The that's, answer is yes, obviously. I was going to say, yeah, that's probably yeah. enough for some people. Uh, um, but yeah, I like it should be a pretty simple equation for you. Yeah. Um, if you did not like the original Crackdown, you will not like this. If you were okay with a much better Crackdown over the course of six hours instead of like ten, with the more frustrating, shitty parts cut out, then I think the Crackdown three could be a lot of fun mm. for you. Um, well, maybe after I so. get it back from the uh, from the aquarium this weekend, I can talk Anthony into playing some co-op with me. Do you have Game Pass, Matt? I don't. Um, I might have a code for you. I, what? Matt, I bought a. That's a lie. A, You're gonna play fucking Civ. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I was like, "Damn, James, what do you mean?" But oh, yep. no, Matt's a liar. Uh, one other thing about <laughs> Crackdown the Three: uh, the PC version is having like this. Digital Foundry reported this bug, and I also experienced this on my system, which is mm. that like, it seems to run okay, but there are like weird hitches. Uh, um, I see. And I have to wonder if they're going to patch that. It seems like it might be a hard drive issue. Um, oh, okay. Which would not actually be the first time that a, like a, an open world as big as this one in Unreal Engine Four had problems. Yeah, um, I wonder if it would. Um, I wonder if like you know, because most of my usually I, I fit most of my games on an NVMe, so I wonder if that would mitigate the problem. Uh, it didn't on an SSD for uh, them, um, yeah. but. Uh, the last time there was an open world game like this in Unreal Engine 4 was mm-hmm. Batman Arkham Knight okay. that I'm aware of. And ba- Batman Arkham Knight on PC had some pretty severe like world streaming issues. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't a lot of stuff so. probably have been solved on later iterations of Unreal, though. One would hope, but like it's yeah. it's like a problem that actually very much reminds me of what that game suffered. And it was an issue... Like, they... John tried it on a mechanical hard drive and it was a really severe issue. And then he moved it to an SSD and it was much improved, but still present. Right. So I don't know like what the deal is with that. So seems like I, if the kind of thing that if the, if other games have had this problem and patched it, that they would patch it in this one too. Yeah. If you're planning on playing it on PC, then I would monitor the patch sort of outlook and wait until it yeah. seems like it's fixed. Yeah, it, it's just tough to say because it's like Unreal is such a weird thing because, I mean, they do pretty regularly fix pretty substantial engine problems. And Microsoft so. has has done a lot of sort of bespoke Xbox-specific Unreal Engine stuff because a lot of stuff at Microsoft's first-party development is based around Unreal Engine 4. 
um, like I know that Microsoft did a shitload of work, like the coalition and Microsoft did a lot of work around unreal engine for gears four that they then fed back into Epic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically when other games get something, it's definitely shared a lot of times, but we've definitely updated even our engine for torchlight several times because it was like, Epic's like, yeah, we figured out this and we're like, oh, well fuck, we need that. So I guess we're updating. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) Um, well, cool. cool. Yeah, I uh, I definitely am more excited about that game after hearing you talk about it. You know, I wanted it got, to be kind of uh, exactly the way that you talked about it. You know, I just, just got like more, a very smarmy, a very smarmy at on Twitter about Crackdown. Like earlier, I said, I said that I liked it and that I didn't understand what people were expecting from it other than more Crackdown, and mm-hmm. he, and they. Their their response. I'm going to read this. Is um, a more enjoyable city to run and jump in. Orbs placed in more challenging and interesting ways. Innovations or extensions to the formula in any way. A basic collectathon made worse years later isn't what all Crackdown fans want. Crackdown Three literally does all of that, motherfucker. <laughs> like that is literally all it does. That is what it does. But it's still Crackdown. Like it's yeah. it's a yeah. very basic conceit of a game. Like either if and if you if you like the first one. I don't see why you wouldn't like this one unless you've like suddenly grown out of it, which yeah. is fine. That doesn't, that's not a personal failing. But just admit I'm it just to yourself. <laughs> um, Crackdown three. I don't know how much more I'll play it, but yeah. And I got, I got a code. Um, mm-hmm. So like my, the full disclosure also like we, I will talk about something at the end of the show where like take what I say with a grain of salt about all Microsoft <laughs> stuff from here on out, I guess. Just like I can't talk about Sony exclusives. Oh, everyone anymore. knows about it, Arthur. They follow you on Twitter. Um, <laughs> we already know that you're fucking paid out the ass. You're a shill. Yep. And yeah. But I was a shill before they paid me. So. <laughs> True. So that's because you were hoping to get paid by them. Right. That was, that's that was, yes. Exactly. It was, uh, it was all a grand plan that's finally come to fruition. I. Um, feel like i've been very clearly articulate about major criticisms i've had about microsoft over the last five years yes yes you very uh, much have. also sony paid me before microsoft did not sony <laughs> but a sony first party game paid me before microsoft did so. um but yeah uh That's and I, I, uh, I played a very different kind of open world game uh so our big eco game is still going on uh, I think we have nine days left to destroy the meteor, maybe eight days. Uh, and a bunch of people uh, on all the communities that were on the big server have fallen off. I think there's only a handful of us left that are still playing. And man, those people are missing out because the game now is a totally different experience. And like, I didn't really know that because like the games of Eco that I've played in the past. I was one of the people that fell off before we got to basically the industrial age, right? And uh, so it very quickly goes from being a Minecraft, I am swinging my pickaxe to chop down one block of stone every single time. Incredibly tedious. Incredibly tedious to like, oh my God, somebody has an excavator that they've renamed the Devastator because the way that it chews through stone and like you it, you can hollow out the entire interior of a mountain uh in a few hours and if you're not like, a giant transformer composed of five smaller transformers you're not allowed to be called <laughs> devastator i guess that, i guess that's okay 
part of me is like, part of me is a little sad to hear that, Matt, only because I'm like, mm-hmm. I spent so long hollowing out a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes it so satisfying. You know, the fact that you're playing this game over a 30-day period and you spend, it's it's almost, it is a, quite a good analog for the way that our society has Absolutely. progressed in the real yeah. world where we spent forever doing things the slow way before we spent like the very tiny fraction of our time on the earth doing things the fast way. And like, it feels so good to like hop into one of these machines and just start chewing through the environment. Uh, and it's, it's the kind of feeling that uh, you wouldn't get if you hadn't spent so long doing things the hard way. Um, and you know, it's like we upgrade from like tiny wood carts to slightly larger wood carts to steam trucks to like modern trucks and the modern trucks carry like so much more. And like, you have to carry that much more because like the excavator is, uh, chewing through so much rock. And this isn't a game where it just goes into your inventory. Like that stuff exists in the world has to be put in stockpiles and has to be carried away. Otherwise it's just like creates like massive piles of rock on the floor that nobody can get around so you 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 end up with a process where exactly like you think it should go where somebody's mining rock that rock has to be put in a stockpile or and into vehicles or directly into vehicles and those vehicles have to take it away somewhere so that it can be processed or you know like you can build processing stuff on site as well if you want to be more efficient about it but like uh the figuring out the logistics of everything is way more fun in like the industrial and modern eras than it was in the past and i think it's just because in the beginning of the game it's the same kind of logistics that i've already played in minecraft or terraria or whatever you know any of those building crafting games right Mm -hmm. and um people you know like even though we put it the, the server was set on the hardest difficulty so people were getting skill points at the slowest rate it still wasn't quite difficult enough because I'm sitting on like two or three skill points that I haven't even used. And even with the fewer number of people that we have on the server, we're definitely going to get, we're, we're going to be ready to destroy the meteor well ahead of the impending apocalypse. Um, but uh, the other thing that still sticks with me in this game is just uh, I love building in games. And this game is no exception at all. The, uh, like I built a, like, we were having problems dealing with our tailings, which is the main source of pollution in this game. So when you process iron into iron bars, it creates tailings. And if those tailings are just sitting out in an open stockpile on the surface, they start to infect all the soil and the plant life around them and everything. And and if there's enough pollution in the world, it will actually raise the ocean levels. Um, I don't think we're going to run into that problem. But we were we needed a place where we could store our tailings. And the only safe place to store your tailings is deep beneath the surface of the earth. And so I was like... We got like a new, not the excavator, but a smaller version, uh, a skid, I think it's called a skid, a skid tier, skid steer. I never get it right. Skid steer, I think. But it's basically like a small backhoe. And uh, that thing was, uh, once I figured out kind of the awkward controls, it allowed me to, you know, get through stone a lot quicker than I could with a pickaxe. And I just kept digging like this spiral down, down, down into the earth because somebody told me they needed a mine. And like I was having trouble sleeping on Saturday. So I just stayed up all night doing that. (laughs) And I dug like a a four block wide road in a spiral 
all the way down to like we started at like level 75 i dug it down to level 20. i thought we needed to go to level zero to store tailings but apparently i only need to go down 30 levels so i went like 25 levels too far i want to be clear um, hold on hold on <laughs> what level were we storing them at when we were in our primitive age uh like um like well usually on the, or something you mean when it wasn't on the surface <laughs> yeah like we, like uh, we, we, were, we were putting them in a mine yeah, you were but putting were, them in a mine. But, but they were so only probably the, like 40 units deep or something like that. Uh, there there were some that were like, you know, 10 or 20 units deep. There was one mine that had like a, some tailing storage that was way down there that, that somebody built early on, but didn't have near enough storage. It filled up instantly. I see. Um, so like I was able to build this shaft and then I hollowed out the center of the path all the way down because there's no falling damage in this game. So the quickest way to get the tailings down there was literally to fill up a truck with tailings and just drive it into this pit and just fall <laughs> just all the way down <laughs> to, the, the to the base. It, uh, it doesn't take falling damage either. Oh, but it, you still had a road back up. No, no, because you can actually pick up anything and put it in your oh, pocket. Oh, right. So you just drive the truck over, <laughs> let it slam down, empty out the tailings, pick up the truck. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, I sent a uh, like a video of this that I think Jeff Grubb shared on Twitter or something like that of like the... Because I, I just shared it on the Discord. I was like, if you're wondering the best way to get to the tailings in the mine here, and it was just like me basically driving into this enormous pit. Um, and... Uh, but anyway, like the the modern age of this game is a totally different game, and it's super fun. And uh, I wish that there were more people on playing because, like, we have the the large asphalt roads and everything now that like trucks could be constantly driving back and forth. And uh, we need people to like you know create oil, and like we need to develop an electricity grid to power all of the lasers that need to go and. To conjunction with the targeting computer to actually aim at the aim at the asteroid and stuff like that so there's there's just a there's an exponentially more well not exponentially there's a steadily increasing complexity to the game into the modern age that is still manageable um, by few people but is definitely set up to be more fun with more people yeah yeah, I just like left for a week and then I felt so left behind it was hard for me to come back. Like it's never I, too late. I, I left and we had pickaxes and hand pulled carts and when I came back I saw a car and I was like time moved on without me. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you got Rip Van Winkled. <laughs> I felt like Encino Man. I was yeah, like, exactly. Oh, what's going on? Where's my high school? Uh, and the uh you know, for and it's interesting because um you know, stores were broken for a long time in the game, so nobody ever set up any stores or markets. And this game has a whole market system that nobody ever took advantage of, at least in this, at least in this round. And uh, because of the fewer people on the server, uh, nobody has like voted, nobody has like uh, proposed or passed any laws in a really long time either. We've just been like straight up, you know. You've reverted to communism, basically. Yeah, yeah. We don't even need a barter system because we have so many resources. And, like, you know, our our same guy who, like, basically set up uh, an, an infinite amount of stuff cooking so that we, we never have a food shortage, he was kind of out of stuff to do. So he's the guy who's been the majority of uh, digging out the mines now with the excavator. Um, anyway... Really good good game. It's going to be over pretty soon. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it being over because it's been taking up so much of my time. Um, 
which uh, is a little bit of a negative, but it's also been a positive because I've had a lot of really stressful work days and stuff recently, and it's so goddamn relaxing to just like throw on Pandora and hollow out a mountain. I agree, Matt, which is why <laughs> I've been playing so much Astroneer. Yes, 1.0 now, right? That is. And speaking that of is, people digging into the earth, I just turned on Anthony's stream two nights ago, and it was just him boring straight down. <laughs> <laughs> I think James watched when I ended my stream really abruptly uh, <laughs> because I was digging. So 1.0 is out. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean the game is done. If you look at mm-hmm. their Trello board, they show a lot more features on the way. But this is the release that pulls it out of the Xbox early game preview pro- program and early access mm-hmm. on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, it is they like they could ship it now as call feature complete. It is a much more like in depth experience than it's ever been. There's actually like a a meta objective to the entire game now that isn't just like make your own oh. fun or go through the tech tree. What is it? Um, all right, or, or do you have to discover it? No, well. <laughs> is it revealed how, how, how early do they tell you all right no all right no there's no story when you arrive on the planet you start driving around now and you'll see these very no man's sky looking monolith thingies on the planet huh yeah and they ha- and they have a power hookup to them like the same power hookup you see it's th- this things in your base if you're not mm. familiar with astronaut it's a crafting game go look it up it's fucking <laughs> awesome um, but it but you have these power hookups and when you hook up the power to it eventually it needs enough power, and if you can get enough power to these alien artifacts on the planet, they activate. And once you've activated two of them, you can teleport between them. Um, oh, nice. All on the planet. And then eventually, there's going to be some light astroneer spoilers. Eventually, <laughs> when you you look at, when you uh, gaze, it says gaze, and when you gaze into one, you'll see that there are four teleport ports. Four teleport, ooh, words are hard. <laughs> teleport points. Four teleport <laughs> points. Uh-huh. on the main planet as well as one in the planet core. So they, they they used to have drills that you could attach to your car, but when you attached it to the car, it did nothing. You had to attach it to a crane, so then you could move around this crane and kind of drill into the ground. But mm-hmm. they added the ability to just attach drills to the front of the car, turn them on, and just drive and drill. <laughs> so you can you talk about hollowing out a mountain mat. Uh-huh. These, the, these things fucking chew through the earth. So, I mean, like... You can basically just drive full speed and go through a mountain now. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so, so me and Stocky and McMaster, we like all piled into the car, and we're like, "All right, we're just going to tilt the car down and start drilling into the earth." And we just started grinding into the earth. We'd fall <laughs> down when we'd finally hit a, a cave. We'd fall, slam, reorient the car, drive down again, and eventually you reach the planet core. And when you reach the planet core, it's basically a pocket universe. Where there's what? like a distorted gravity, it's really fucked up looking, <laughs> and That's if you amazing. if you unlock that, you get an item, and then you'll notice that there's a weird thing in space, and if you fly a rocket up to that weird thing in space, you'll see that it requires one thing from all seven planet cores. So, oh, that's so cool. I have no idea what will happen because we've only done two planet cores so far. Yeah. And gotten things back. But you have to, I mean, that's part of the tech thing now, right? That's like you're going through all the tech, you're researching all the stuff, you're building basically giant car caravans or doing however you want to try and get down there. And mm-hmm. then now the, the meta goal is to get those seven things. I have no idea what will happen. But, yeah. So they've provided sort of a, a, a coherent, like, objective, a reason why you're doing things, constant goals of like, 
okay, so we have to land on this new planet. How are we going to land on this planet to have the resources to do it? Well, we've now outfitted a giant rocket with a, basically a crazy starter kit. When we land on a planet, we can, we're like the military now. We can drop <laughs> into the planet, hit the ground, deploy from our rocket ship, and be like drilling into the ground moments later. Have like um, a yeah, an insta base wow. just like uh, already loaded into your capsule. That that is exactly. What we, and then when we're done, they've added the ability to repack items now. So when it's done, we just throw all these things on, package it up, <laughs> and we're back in the ship. We're off to the next planet. That's so, great. But you know, bad things happen. Like of course, you know, last night I got bugged out and it killed me, and I lost my whole giant car caravan in the middle of the oh, earth somewhere. Oh no. Um, so recovering that becomes its own little objective. I mean, I was really frustrated at the time. The bugs are yeah. still there. Yeah. They are still working on them. So I wouldn't say it's like it is not f- completely frustration free, but that game is just like one of the best of those build the world, craft the things mm-hmm. and, and, and do the meta objective, <laughs> but also find your own fun. Like, yeah. honestly, the, one of the next things I think we're going to try and do is we're going to try and go to the moon and we're going to try and set up a system of digging and laying soil where we're going to try and put a Saturn-like ring around the moon itself by digging before <laughs> the moon out. The moon out. <laughs> so we're going to take all the soil that's currently in the moon and uh-huh. build it like a, a halo around the moon that we can build on. So you can actually do that? You can build a halo around it? like uh, Oh, so. like you, like a, like deploy a soil, a soil ring at like the, the top of the... Your right, so we'll, we'll go up like 500 meters off the surface of the Earth, and uh-huh. then we'll make a ring. And when you start laying a ring flat, if you have the right tool, it'll naturally curve to the planet's curvature anyways. Yep. yep. So if we follow that pattern and we generally keep it, we could build a ring. You know, I know, <laughs> I, I think, I feel pretty confident we can do that. It's probably going to take something like 50 hours. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I feel confident we can do it because we did build a ramp all the way into space one time. Right. And that was I like three miles long. It took yep. us hours upon hours. You know, we were eventually, like, not even driving up the ramp. We were taking rocket ships to go up to the highest part of the ramp. So, <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident. But that game is just really delightful, too. Like, I'll say, like, yeah. the audio designer of that should get a really solid shout-out. Every time any people watch me play that game or see that game, they call it ASMR the game because every <laughs> game, everything you do in that game, whether it's, like, collecting a resource, when you absorb enough of it that it makes, like, a nugget of it, it, each each distinct resource has its own distinct audio pickup sound, mm-hmm. and and it's and that and the music, everything about it is just like adorable. The, yeah, the, well, even even like the, the little, little connecting of the little connecting sounds, are like, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're connecting like all the little tubes and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's just the it's the just, the dirt sucking thing. It's just like <laughs> 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 yeah. It's, it's, Can we just like do a mod of this game of you guys making the sound effects, <laughs> Master Nier? I would love that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a. I I've put I just checked on Steam. I've now put let's see I've put 106 hours into the game. So goddamn, and that's some of that's with early access releases as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that game is like just really delightful um and they've that's done great. such a good job job with it and you know and it came from a pretty small team that's been just like you know working in unreal and like i said mm-hmm. some of the stuff they're releasing in the future is a creative mode 
They're going to add liquids on planets, which they've never had liquids, so that'll be a oh, issue. Oh, wow. They want to have AI-driven creatures, because right now there's only, like, plants that'll hurt you, but they want to actually have, like, mm-hmm. aliens you have to encounter. A farming system. Um, huh. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot that they're, like, planning on that I think well, would be the- pretty cool. Well, and they're so consistent with their design aesthetic that you know that any of those new features that they're going to put in are just going to fit right in. Yeah. No, they've done a really good job with it. I feel like that's like... it's. There's always like one game at the beginning of the year that comes out that's like one of my early game of the year contenders, and this is, uh-huh. this, is my, <laughs> this game is my jam. So, <laughs> it's I, so honestly, good. it just has so many ways to play. Like, you can play the base building thing. Last night, all I did was made a giant the biggest rover and i attached two more rovers to it so i basically made like a semi-truck convoy mm-hmm. and then there's a machine that can grind up the like human-made debris you find all over the planet mm-hmm. i hit youtube and i said trucker music and i put on a <laughs> trucker playlist of country western songs and i drove around picking up garbage and grinding it into scrap that I can sell. <laughs> just listen to trucker music driving around a planet even your wife <laughs> thinks it's hilarious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's her in another room too yeah. i love her I, laugh <laughs> i i think it's great that she laughs like she oh yeah me too if anything i i it just makes me realize how joyless my life uh <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> wow well, you, you're uh well you're alone in your garage all the time well, no, my wife. If you didn't have to live in your game cave, things would be happy. <laughs> my wife texted me while we were recording the show and said, "I'll quote her." She <laughs> said, "Got to get 400 kills to get the new Chomper character." <laughs> so, that's love. So yeah, she, that's I know what I know what she's doing. She's playing. did you tell her about the Plants vs Zombies stuff last week? I did. So, what was her reaction? Uh, she was like, "Well, I think she was stoked. I think she wants more of it." And then, but I think there was also maybe a moment of you know like her being like i just why can't we just play this game forever because we'll have to <laughs> unlock everything all over <laughs> right, there, exactly. i bet you there there were characters that were unlocked in this one from the first game like yeah. if you if you played the first one you got stuff in the second one so you know, like i said the only thing i'd be really hoping for with the third one is i would really just like crossplay so that the yeah. community sticks together longer. Yeah, that's uh, not gonna happen. I know, that's like my one dream. <laughs> but yeah, just this game. There was that story this week floating around, did you see it, of like, Sony said that crossplay is open now and like, all these indies are saying, uh, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> not actually what's happening. That's uh, That was when my hope was like, well, maybe EA could be one of those people to get special dispensation, but, you know. I, I think that the leadership at EA is still in a place where they think, why would we do that? We'd rather people just bought a second copy to play on the other platform. Yeah. Um, but that's just which it. is stupid. Yeah, because to me, the thing is I want to play longer and give them, I'd even microtrans on stuff of that game more yeah. if it just meant that I knew I'd have people to play against for longer. Yeah, yeah. no way. I, I could see them going in, in a way where it was like, we're going to do crossplay only on consoles. That'd be fine. Let's just <laughs> right. do that. That's fine. I think at this point it would be more likely that it would be crossplay on Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Oh, mm. man. I don't know if they have Frostbite working on Switch. I yeah. assume that they've been trying, but like Frostbite is a pretty resource-intensive engine, especially Frostbite 2. Yeah, I'll be honest, I was mm. super surprised this week to see the announcement that Hellblade was coming out on Switch. 
I, I know, like, right? I was like, how's that going to work? Yeah. <laughs> seems like that game is... I mean, It'll that run game's at amazing. like 240p. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, dynamic resolution <laughs> yeah. scaling, that says everything, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's coming out on something else because everybody should play that game, but um, still. Also, another minor me. public relations win for Microsoft in that like they didn't spike that project. Mm-hmm. I didn't th- yeah, yeah, let them finish I didn't it. I think about that, but yeah, yeah. Also, will there be an Xbox Studios splash screen before that game on Switch? Oh. Yeah. I think there will be. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that would be yeah, unprecedented, w- but... No, it's happened before. On is it stuff, on Minecraft? Right? Minecraft still says Microsoft yeah. Studios, right? Yeah, but they uh, rebranded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They announced that they're rebranding Microsoft Studios right, to right, Xbox right. Studios. Wow. Well, yeah. Re- who knows? Who are they rebranding them to Xbox, Xbox Studios. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. I Instead thought you of, were saying that like they were rebranding both of those brands into something new. No. Oh no no. I see. Just now. collectively, they are now known as Xbox Studios. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's. It's cool. I still haven't played that game. I guess yeah, I should. Hellblade? Yeah. I never yeah, I never played it either because I wanted to find a way to play it with headphones, but then I was like, but my wife wants to watch, and I was like, well, we can't both have headphones, so I don't know. What do we you do? You can do simultaneous output if you have the right uh, speaker setup. Hmm. You, can do, you can do the simultaneous output if you plug your headphones into an Xbox controller. One person could listen on an Xbox controller and the other person could plug headphones into a receiver or something. Okay, yeah. okay. This yeah. is, you guys are smarter than me. <laughs> I mean, not because of that. No, but, not be, no. <laughs> um, I also played, like, a tiny bit. Like, so I... Like, I've wanted to be excited about the other games coming out. God damn it, it's raining again. Um, And so... I've seen some positive re- responses to Metro Exodus and I'm like... Mm-hmm. Metro Exodus looked really cool. Man, I kind of like to play Metro Exodus. Maybe I'll play some Metro Last Light since I'm waiting for Metro Exodus. And man, I bounced so hard off of Metro Last Light. Really? How come? Like, because it's bad. <laughs> uh, I don't like the way the guns feel. I think that that game has aged incredibly poorly. Yeah, um, I never liked the way the guns felt in... Uh, is, wait, hold on. Is Last Light the newest one? No, Last Light is the second one. Okay, yeah. is the I, new I one. remember liking Last Light. All right, I you should go back to last... it. The 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 lip sync in that game looks like the lip sync in the first Half Life. <laughs> and I am I, like barely exaggerating. Yeah, I, I played through. I played through Last Light. Uh, the first one, the first Metro twenty thirty three. I actually bounced really hard off of because I didn't like the guns at all. And then it had improved enough that I made it through Last Light because everybody told me it was such an amazing game. I was like, eh, it was all right. Um, but you saying it now makes me think that like, if I went back to it, I would have your exact same reaction. Um, I'm hoping that I like Exodus more. I will try Exodus, mm-hmm. but like my hype went from pretty high to like mm-hmm. not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does run on it's sixty frames per second on PS4 and Xbox One though, which I thought was interesting. Like hmm. that's not a choice that a lot of people make for those games. Really? But they just make them backwards um, compatible, but they usually run at thirty. Well no, I mean the version that released on Xbox One and PS4 back in two thousand fourteen was sixty frame frames per second oh, on both consoles. I see, I see. Um which I was just surprised by. Um yeah. but yeah. Uh well, do we have anything else? Anybody else have anything that they played? Uh, I mean, Jump Force just came out, so <laughs> we gotta go. 
<laughs> uh, I've been. Ugh, that game looks bad. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, but very bad. What were you about to say, though, James? Oh, nothing. You've been playing some. Oh, yeah, I thought it was. Oh, yeah, I thought it was. You've been playing some. Yeah, I thought that you had. Uh, How is the siege, Anthony? Siege is good. I'll have more to say once the new operators are actually out. They announced them. Um, you know, there are a couple Australians. One is uh, an asshole in a BMX helmet, and then one's a, <laughs> a big, big lady who looks ripped. She's like yeah. big, like she's like big, like the way that uh, like a convict. No, who's like the pink, the pink-haired lady in Overwatch? Zarya. Yeah. Yeah, she's big like yeah. that. She's meaty. Nice. Um, and so, like a, like a, I like believe a the word is thick. That is, two that, I'm sure that is how the internet says it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think if you go and look up the spoilers for people that have said that they basically have figured out leaks of what their abilities would be, those seem pretty accurate because those same leaks contain fixtures of these exact characters. <laughs> uh, but they'll announce more with their pro thing that they always do. Mm-hmm. So now they've it's, the, it's no. it happening right now, right? I think so. Yeah, you're right. It's like qualls or something. So no, so. it's like I think it's, I think it, I think it's happening because like, at the finals is when they'll be like, oh, so yeah. here's all these here's the these new guys in play. So yeah, there I was a do a. It's pretty interesting to watch the competitive play. I'll say that there was you know you guys talk about Dota drama and stuff. It's like team <laughs> drama. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have ever seen drama because someone does an exploit. That that happened no. at the at the pro. Oh, that was really? a big thing in Counter Strike for a couple of wow. years. Yeah. So what someone, was the exploit? There's a character that James is familiar with called Caviera, who mm-hmm. who she can go silent. When she's silent, she doesn't leave footprints. She doesn't make sound. Basically, when she sprints, mm-hmm. and when she does that, she crouches down lower than a normal crouch to all players on the game. Uh, but to her, she's still at normal crouch height. So what ends up happening is there are certain places in certain maps where when she pulls this off, she is basically invisible to you, the person who might be shooting at her, but she can easily see and shoot over the thing at you. So, uh, um, I and see. There was, and there was a guy that was a big Siege YouTuber who called this out like the week mm-hmm. before the tournament, and then there was a team who was exploiting the shit out of it. The tournament. Yep. And, the, yeah. and that that guy, that YouTuber actually apologized. He's like, I wish I'd never called that out because he's like, I didn't call it out with the expectation that it would be something somebody that would, would actually get used. He was like, look yep. at this weird shit I found. You didn't call it out yeah. the world's most predictable expectation. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, you know. Yeah, because uh, it's not it's not like it's uh, it's an exploit, but it's not a bug. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it probably will be a will be changed will be fixed, obviously sure, but yeah sure. like they, they want what you see both players to be the same thing yeah you know? definitely so yeah you want to assume that if you're pointing at somebody and they're behind cover that they're actually behind cover and not no it's it's you. fine that siege has its odd job that's exactly <laughs> what it needed yeah. i mean siege is a weird game anyways because people don't actually like shoot like you know when you fire a gun in battlegrounds for better and for worse at times the bullet comes out of the end of the barrel of the gun and Instead of out of your it, head, yeah, which is the way it works in Siege. Yeah. Um, so that's the way it works in most games: is the bullets actually come out of your face, right? Because if you were actually firing your gun, there's a lot of times you'd end up shooting the wall and not where your cursor was, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, where you're standing. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's still really good. Plants vs. Zombies still really good. I'm 
I've been feeding on a lot of staples, but yes, Astroneer <laughs> was definitely the big one since it just went into access last, last on the 6th of last week. Whose so. cat am I hearing? You're hearing Pee-Pee now. There's cats oh, all over the pee-pee. show all the time. <laughs> the, early, the earlier one was my cat. Meow. Meow. <laughs> it is Meow. past Pee-Pee's di- uh, late night dinner time, so she's like, what oh. the fuck is this? <laughs> and also, she's like, you're talking, so why are you talking? It's really weird that you're talking. <laughs> oh man, I haven't heard pee pee in ages. Um, <laughs> I'll have to have you come over and see her. So, <laughs> she's like a old. She's an old lady. She lost a tooth. I have to take her in for dental work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. My partner is actually taking her cat into the vet tomorrow for that. I mean, I I saw pee pee's mouth and I thought she had cancer in her mouth because she had such a big lump. And then I she's realized when I opened up her mouth, I was like, oh wait, that's just the gum line for her canine. But she's just oh. missing the canine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. so I was just like, oh, she lost a tooth somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Time for Lady to get dentures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, they just get they just they get their teeth removed and then they just gum everything forever. Yep. <laughs> when you yeah. switch them, uh, like our cat has been on nothing but wet food for many years now. My cat's and, mostly uh, on nothing but wet food now too. Let me ask you a question, Matt, because yes. a problem like my my partner got all of her cat's teeth pulled because mm-hmm. except for like one for some reason they didn't pull, which has become a problem. But mm. ever since then, her cat eats wet food, mm-hmm. but has stopped drinking water. Mm. I would get like, that checked out. And so, well, it's been that like she. She may be getting enough through the wet food, like but her poops cat- are super dry. Yeah. Then she's then she's definitely dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first sign of dehydration. But she will. You can also do the other water. thing where, like, you can pull up the skin on the scruff of their neck and see if and it goes down. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And if it goes down fast, then it's elastic and they're not dehydrated. If it yeah. kind of mm-hmm. stays pulled up after you pull up on it, then they are dehydrated. If it like stays up and like slowly, you know, like goes down. Mm. Yeah, I would almost recommend. That if she isn't getting enough water, you would talk to the vet about something you could do additively to the water to make it more appealing. Well, I think also, like, she puts extra water on the cat food as it is now, yeah. and I think that she should just do that more. That was my recommendation to, like, further water the food. Yeah, yeah. some cats some cats um, won't eat the food if it's been watered, but if she does, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lucky for me at this point, Pee-Pee's still a piggy, so. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> pouring outside, holy shit. It really is. Yeah, man, it's um, insane. There's been three inches of rain in Oakland over the last day and a half, and like wow. almost four in San Francisco. Yeah, something like that. Um, and in my and neighborhood, before, my neighborhood is where they put uh, everybody when there's a rainstorm like this. They put sandbags up all over the place because this whole section of the city floods. And before people in other places think, "Ha ha, f- a few inches of rain, fuck you, Bay Area." Like there were mudslides in Sausalito last night that destroyed at least a few houses and killed a couple of people. Yeah, well, because of this rain, this area is so. just not always equipped for it. Any weather that yeah. seems weird, like you're like, oh, that seems like nothing, but it's usually because if it doesn't happen in your area a lot, then, yeah, you know, people. The are soil like, here uh, is already totally saturated, so yep. All right. Yep. Well, well, humans, <laughs> we're on the internet. I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, Matt is at Talking Orange. James at James underscore Faulkner. And uh, Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S on Twitter, Twitch, and Patreon. And then at Pragmagic on the Instagram. Also. <laughs> oh, yeah, also. Also, Arthur I wrote, wrote, I wrote a, a book. book. It's, a book. book. it's about 
I wrote a retrospective of Gears of War, which was announced last fall before I had firmly committed to writing it. <laughs> I thought it was an art specific thing, but it's not. I maybe there may be stories I can tell about that book at some point, but considering like that I my I was announced as the author of that book before I knew it was going to happen. I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, but yeah, I I wrote a retrospective on Gears of War um, that I like really worked pretty hard on, but is still not, you know, it doesn't feel real yet. Maybe it will when it comes out in July. It, yeah. it doesn't feel um, real that you wrote a book that's going to be published and that people no. can read. <laughs> my my name is on a book. I I'm on Amazon, which is you can real go read weird. our book awesome, report. In- <laughs> I wrote a book report about Gears of War. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, it's out in July around Comic Con, I believe. You can pre-order it on Amazon or not. I don't get royalties from it. I just got paid to write it. So you know, whether you buy it or not, I guess is not ultimately consequential to me. But I did write it. Please buy it. Follow um, Arthur on Twitter and then find yep. places you can meet up with him and awkwardly make him sign it. It's, it's also extremely expensive. It's it's not a cheap book. So And then uh, uh, and then I like, feel like all gears all gamey artsy books are very expensive. It's a coffee table book. Yeah. Um so it's a coffee table price. It's literally the price that some people pay for their coffee tables. <laughs> um Well go and buy it and then uh tweet at uh the publisher and Microsoft, how much you love it, and how uh, great uh, Arthur, Ar- how great an author Arthur is, so that they then hire him to write more books. Yeah. Next up. Not until I graduate, though. Please. <laughs> I can't do this again right away. <laughs> right. Makes Next sense. up, Crackdown Two. What went wrong? Oh, All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Bye 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 bye. Bye. I'm a kid. I'm a rage. I'm steel just to rattle.